Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How are you doing, buddy? I mean, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, feeling feeling pretty good here the past few days. So, so that's that's that's, that's a positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I still haven't had an anxiety attack or whatever the fuck these attacks are that I was having, where my chest would get really tight and I'd have to pee every fucking twenty minutes. Um, how I big had- is your bladder? Jesus. Well, that's the problem. Like, it's what's happening is. That- <laughs> It's it's causing a shit ton of adrenaline to pump through my system, so I, it's just making pee. Because at a certain point, like it's just clear, it's just clear urine because it's just producing that much liquid. Um, because it's like full bladder pees every time for like every twenty minutes for like three hours. It sucks. Like I don't want them because they they suck. No, no, no. Who would? Uh, but um. So I haven't had one of those in a hot minute and I'm really working on preventing it. So eating less, eating healthier. It's uh, fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I was, my dad has to go on a strict diet because of his medical stuff. And I was doing that with him for a little bit, but then I learned that because I'm way more active mobily than he is, I have to have protein. You have to have, you have to have protein, dude. Yeah. So I've been, I've been because adding- you, you like you said, you're more you're more mobile and you're consuming more energy. Um, so you need to replenish that, and your body needs that fuel. So you absolutely, definitely need the protein. Yeah. So I've adjusted my diet a little bit better to fit my lifestyle. Um, and uh, I think it's working. So you're feeling you're feeling better as a result. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I had a. Seem- uh, go ahead. I, was say, I had a, I had a moment the other day where I was just like very upset, like for no reason. Like it was one of those bouts of like quick depression. And uh, I understand. Uh, like mm-hmm. I had no reason for it. Like my dad was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And I don't know why I have no reason for it. And he's trying to fix it. And I'm like, there's, I don't think you can. I just want to finish the shift with DoorDash, go get something greasy at a fast food joint and then go home. He was like, all right. So I went and got a 12-piece um, Nashville hot wing at, at KFC and just ate that. And it made me feel momentarily better until I woke up the next morning and I felt great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, uh, well, you know, myself, I've been steadily losing weight um, purposefully, purposefully. I'm down 76 pounds since October of last year. That's, that's fucking dude. That's a lot. Um, a friend of mine, they saw me and it's the first time they had seen me recently. And they said, man, you've lost like a Kevin Smith amount of weight in the past <laughs> eight months or so. Specific number. So I was like, <laughs> that's how we should judge like, our, yeah. our weight loss to each other now. About a half. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, he's he's talking about the reference to when Kevin Smith had his heart attack, how large he was right. and how small he is now. Right. He's like, you've lost a Kevin Smith amount of weight. And I was like, I'm trying. You know, I mean, I still got about 50 pounds more that I want to lose. And then I'll be happy. Happier. Because, I mean, let's be fair. Who's ever really 100% satisfied with how they look? Uh, I think that was a Kyle Kinane joke uh, that I heard recently where he was like, <laughs> He was talking about people pretending that they're happy while they're in massive amounts of debt because they have to do a bunch of shit that society tells them they have to do. And he was like, does happiness feel like a crushing weight on your chest? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I find that funny. It's just like, before we get into the reviews, uh, I wanted to bring up one thing. Uh, when you're talking about that, when I was younger, my stepdad, he's like, you're 18 now. You have to have these responsibilities. And I'm like, why do I have to have these responsibilities? He's like, well, you have to get this and this and this. I like, where's that legally required? Where's the rule book that this is what you have to do just because that's what other people do? And I've never been one to want to... Um, adhere to what society dictates that the average American should, the way they should live their life. Fucking same dude. Like I don't get it. I I've never understood it. It's like, why do I have to have kids? Why do I have to own a house? Why do I have yeah. to go to college? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know like, why? Uh, I mean, I like renting because if there's anything that goes wrong, guess what? I don't have to fix it. It's not going right. to come out of my pocket. A professional has to fix it, you know. Also, uh, you're technically spending less over years with yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I'm not required to have homeowners insurance. Mm -hmm. I get renters insurance, which covers my shit if if something were to happen. But by renting, the owner is responsible for taking care of these things. Mm -hmm. It's less out of my pocket, and. You know, say if I were a homeowner and something disastrous happened to my home and I have to fix it. What if I can't afford the person that I need the professional to fix? Or what if I don't know how to do those things myself? You know, I mean, I know a lot about a lot, but I'm not an expert on anything. Right. You know, I, I can do a few things around the house and everything, but I've never really wanted to be a homeowner, but now I'm actually looking into it just because I've been renting for so long. I'm tired of renting. And I realized I don't like living around that many people. So that may be part of it. The whole getting a home of your own, like little, little, uh, not too far out of the way, but just isolated enough. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, most people are like, okay, it's time to get a house and start a family. Nobody says you have to do those things. You don't have to do those things. I've got friends that are in their late thirties who have no kids, have no desire to have kids. And you know, they're married, but they don't want fucking kids. Yeah. And I think the best way to, the best way to handle life is just like, do what you want to do. 
if you want to own a house, go for it. Shoot for the moon. If you want, yeah. if you don't want to own a house, don't own a house. Like if you don't want kids, don't have kids. If life throws you a curveball, try to flow with, go with the flow as best as you possibly can. Yeah, swing the fucking bat. Swing away. Sometimes you're going to get a hit. Sometimes you're going to strike out. But yeah. you know, don't don't conform to what society dictates. That is required of you as an adult. Do what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anyone with your views or your actions, then you're living your life the right way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing that like, I think has always been funny to me is, is, uh, you know, I watch people around me constantly do this thing where they, they go, well, I have to do this. I have to do that. Why do you have to do that? Because my, my parents say I have to, I've been told that I have to, like my friends do it. And it's like, well, why? Other than the fact that others are telling you to do it, you clearly don't want to do it. So maybe don't do it and you'll be happier. And to me, yeah. I think that's ultimately the thing that I constantly go with in life is like, do what do what makes you happy, not what you have to do. Like, even with a, like a job situation, um, if it's really making you unhappy, if you feel like your entire existence is suffering because of the job that you have, like genuinely do find another job. Like I know that finding another job is easier said than done, but mm -hmm. like my, my suggestion would be um, quit the job and go and then like, and like apply for assistance for a little bit while you're searching for another job and then, or find another job that's really easy to get like a fast food place. And deal with that for a short period of time while you find the bigger job, you know, like, yeah, yeah, there are solutions to the problem. And I think a lot of people, they just, they, they feel trapped. Not, yeah. A lot of people feel trapped. They just, they, they go with the flow of what they think they have to do. They're, they're, they're worker ants, you know, they, and they, and they, and they keep staying in a bad situation. that's definitely draining on their mental health and, hoping that it'll get better somehow it's it's not going to get better i think a best the, the best example that i can come up with for to find your happiness in a better idea is kind of like what happens at the end of uh, office space uh, yeah you know it took him a little while to find his happiness but he did he found it and yeah yeah it, you know and it is totally a career change but it worked and yeah, it doesn't have to be something vastly different from what you're doing. And sometimes it does need to be something vastly different from what you're doing. Yeah. But that's, that's the great part about life is self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Always be willing that you don't know everything and that you're always willing to learn something new. I don't care how old you are. Exactly. Ever, ever I mean, mind, like right now there's been a bunch of stuff about aliens because the, the, uh, the um, CIA, Pentagon. Pentagon. Yeah, release that footage. So all this new information is coming out about aliens. Well, we don't know. We don't know if they've been here. We don't know if they'll never be here. We don't know if that uh we don't we don't have all the information. Um but as the information comes out, be open to it. You know, be open to the idea that you're gonna learn something new about the universe. Be willing to accept that everything that you knew might not be exactly the way that it is. Um, 
Uh, I think that's another important thing in life is that a lot of people get so stuck in their ways and they're 100% like, that's the way that it is, period. No offense or buts. And they're unwilling to also accept that maybe they were wrong. And I think that's another key to happiness is just kind of acceptance of a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I recently made a post and everyone is so quick to post things on their social media accounts that aligns with their own biases. And one of the things we recently discussed on the show was when we had Dante on in our uh, black lives matter episode, why you shouldn't say all lives matter and how to be an ally. Very uh, positive reception to that episode. Uh, So thank you. One again, all of you who have listened to that and given us feedback. And if you haven't listened to it, if you're new, please go back and listen to it. It's a wonderful episode. But I recently saw a post. People were like, why can't we just all agree that all lives matter and stop making everything about race? Well, here's the thing. Just because you don't see it happening where you are, and it's mainly people that are in very isolated areas that use this argument a lot, just because you never saw it, because you weren't exposed to it, doesn't mean it isn't real. It happens, you know. So you have to expand your worldviews. Um, it's it's vital in this day and age. Be willing to uh, accept things. Be willing to change your viewpoint. It's part of growth. Uh, you know, and it can be exciting. It can also be scary as fuck. I yep. understand that. But hey, we, you know, this is totally not what we intended to talk about because we actually have two things we reviewed. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, uh, uh that's uh, before we get into the review. So if you're new to the podcast, that was a hell of an intro. Uh, what Josh and I would do here is we talk about two shows in their entirety, give our thoughts and impressions and review and, and a score at the end. But that's something we also want to talk about as we before we get into the reviews. Today, we're reviewing two shows, Umbrella Academy Season 2 and War for Cybertron Part 1, Season 1. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's the Hasbro's new series, Transformers, War for Cybertron, Siege. Uh, it's, and we'll, I'll explain more about it, but yeah, it's the first part of that story. Because, yeah, it's supposed but, to be but, like a trilogy. But anyway, we, we yeah, want to... And I'll expound more on that when we get to it. Right. Uh, But we want to kind of talk about the state of the show. Um, We have found that Josh and I have found that we're happiest just kind of shooting the shit. Um, That just having a discussion, bringing up topics that are random is way more entertaining for us and entertaining for you, clearly, than us reviewing shows. Um, But we don't want to just shirk the whole reviewing shows thing that kind of goes against the, you know, all queued up angle. Um, so what we're going to do instead is whenever the fuck we feel like it, we're going to review a show that looks interesting to us. That's as simple as it gets. Uh, it'll be like one episode or sorry, one show for the episode. And then the rest of the episode is shooting the shit. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just something that I think we want to do instead of, uh, Instead of instead of putting all that pressure on us to to you know watch two entire seasons in two weeks, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a time sink. It, there have been times where it has been stressful because you know, hey, uh, 
we made it more difficult on ourselves than we needed to. And we realized that, you know, a, we, like Greg said, we have more fun. And it's not that it's not fun to talk about these uh, shows and series that we've watched. It's just a huge time commitment. And there are so many things in our lives going on yeah. that give us enjoyment. We were depriving ourselves. Exactly. Now, we still are always going to do reviews on things, but there have been episodes where, like, we have no idea what in the fuck. we got to pick two things to watch for the next fucking week or, you know, two weeks from now. And nothing that was of any interest to us or nothing that looked worth reviewing. Because, let's be fair, some of the shit we reviewed was a real slog to get through. Yeah. Uh, some of it's been fantastic. So we're going to restrict it to one show or movie, maybe two movies, but pretty much for the thing, usually one thing. Nothing that's uh, going to take up more than at the, at a bare minimum 10 hours of our time in two weeks. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Because, uh, hey, you work, uh, you take care of your parents, too, like, and you've got your own interests, you know. Uh, I've got a family that I like to spend time with and enjoy. And I've got other projects that, you know, uh, do involve working on that do involve me getting paid for. So, you know, if I have to watch 26 hours of something over a two week period, that's hours lost that I could be used that are going to actually make me some money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, Josh and I have talked about ad nauseum because we we want to be happier. We want to make these shows more entertaining, and the only way that we're going to do that is with Josh and I not being kind of just bogged down. Locked into a format for the sake of doing it for the format when yeah. it's clear that listeners are enjoying our non-review content. So yeah. we're going to still do reviews, just not as strictly as we were before and deliver more of the content where we talk about everyday life and, you know, and things that are going on in entertainment and uh, things that are going on in pop culture and or just dumb you know, shit like uh, dumb shit yeah. like, hey, what kind of snacks do you like? Uh, you know, <laughs> and also fucking social issues, you know, because sometimes there are things that are going on that are bigger than all of us. And it's nice to have discussions about those and important to have discussions about those. So we're and that's the other thing is we want to have more guests on this show. And the best way to have more guests on the show is to not put them in that restriction either. Exactly. Exactly. It's like in the past, we struggled having guests on because like, well, if you want to come on the show, you're going to have to watch these two things. Well, that's not fair to ask them to say, Hey, give up 20 some hours of your free time. You know, when you're working a full-time job and have a family at home, yeah, we'll just make it as hard on you as we do on us or even harder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, recently having the guests on as much as we've had, we've been having more fun and I really want to continue to do that. And we're also updating the look of the show. We're going to have new music, new artwork debuting soon, new logos, new everything. So keep your eyes open because that's all going to launch at one time. And it will be a cool thing to see. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, with that being said, Josh, let's get into the reviews. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, like, go ahead. Like I said earlier, we're reviewing uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2 and uh, Transformers War for Cybertron. Um, yep. And I, you said you wanted to start with Cybertron, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll go ahead and start with that because it's six episodes. They're 22 minutes in length. You can watch the entire series in about two hours. It's about the length of a movie. Yeah. It's one overarching story with a bunch of little subplots throughout. Um, now... This is, you know, it was, it's, it's Transformers. It's based on the popular uh, Hasbro toy line who uh, it's become one of the more popular franchises in the world in recent years because of the Michael Bay films. I will not deny that. Uh, it's become a very profitable and lucrative franchise for Hasbro, but it started as a toy line. And you know, based on two different non-related toy lines in Japan that were merged into a story for American audiences in 1984. So, I mean, look, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. And I feel it's near the height of its popularity in recent years. And, you know, now they have a Netflix series. Now, the, the way they do, the way Hasbro does their Transformers mainline toys like in stores they set it up in trilogies uh john warden took over the department a few years back and they said let's revamp everything we're doing everything we know about transformers so they started what they call the uh combiner wars trilogy and for one year at retail they put out a toy line called combiner wars and the main, and it was all focused around a gimmick. Um, like most everything sold in that line could combine uh, with to form one bigger robot. Like you would have an Optimus Prime that could, could combine with four other robots to make a Super Prime. Um, kind of goofy. Kids loved it. And that's what this is. It's to sell toys for kids. The next year, they had the second part of that trilogy called The Titans Return. And what they mean by Titans are these gigantic, massive, city-bot-style Transformers. Like back in the 80s, you had Omega Supreme, you had um, Scorponok, you had Fortress Maximus, you had Metroplex, Trypticon, massive Transformers. And IDW, in their continuity, they referred to these giants as titans because they were from uh, a past era, uh, the glory of Cybertron before then. Um, but the gimmick in the second year of the Titans Return line uh, of that trilogy was that most every robot, their head was removable and it was a smaller robot or human inside of a mech suit that formed the head that worked with the transformer itself to heighten their uh, combat abilities. You know, play feature involved around that. And then the next one was the power of the primes. So that was a trilogy. Hasbro's goal of things is they think, okay, most kids get into Transformers around 
age five. So that's why they have their cyberverse and their robots in disguise cartoons. Um, and we run three seasons of that aimed at the younger kids, five, six, seven. Around age eight, they'll get into the older stuff. Eight, nine, ten, that range. So the, they do them in three-year stages. And it's aimed at, let's get the five-year-olds now. We got them for three years with this. And then we got them for three years with that. So that's why they're split up into trilogies every three years. So War for Cybertron Siege is the first part of a trilogy that they're doing. The second part, those toys came out in 2019. The current part of that trilogy is called Earthrise. Those toys are in stores currently now and through the remainder of this year. Next year is going to be the third part. We don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find out soon what it's going to be called. So the, this season of the Netflix series is based on Siege, the 2019 part. The next story will be based on Earthrise, and then the third part of the trilogy will be based on whatever next year's toy line is going to be. So that's pretty interesting, the way they do that. And yeah. then after that's all said and done, they'll do a new trilogy based on, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's cool how they do that because each time you can bring in a new group of kids. Um, More or less. I think uh, it's also cool for, for adults of the, and, and fans of the franchise because it allows you guys to kind of collect an entire set of a trilogy versus just... Yeah, versus 30-some years of 36 years at this point of toys, you know, and even more if you collect the Japanese stuff. Um, now, me, you know, as most people are aware, I'm a big collector. So, yes, I do collect Transformers, but mine is a more specific set. I don't do a lot of mainline Hasbro stuff, but for the mainline Hasbro stuff, the generation one, the first generation of stuff from 84 to 87 was the most popular. They made virtually every character from combiner wars to now in the past five years of mainline transformers. They've remade every character plus more, uh, you know, uh, so it's an exciting time for those collectors, and that's where a vast majority of Transformers collectors are buying the mainline stuff that's available at like Walmart, Target, formerly Toys R Us, you know. Uh, but a lot of people get excited about it, and a lot of adult collectors do too. And so, of course, in my circle of friends in the community that I'm part of, the realm of collectors, Everybody was really excited about this season of this this new show, the first Netflix show, because as we can see, uh, Voltron, Legendary Defender, was very popular. So yeah. a lot of people have had high hopes for this War for Cybertron siege. Uh, and I, I'm just going to say, it does not hold a candle to Voltron, Legendary Defender. No, I think there's a, there's a reason behind that. So this is going to sound, I don't know how to put it. Something about Transformers that I think works really well is when the Transformers are around humans. Ah, now see, you're going to have a lot of people disagree with that because a lot of people hate the human interaction. I mean, good for them. 
<laughs> but if you look at the mainline movies, the Bayverse, as it's referred to, they are so centered and focused on humans and the human interaction between the Transformers that a lot of times, a lot of criticisms from those movies is it becomes more about the humans and less about the Transformers. And See, the story hurts. I, I definitely don't want it to be more about the humans and the Transformers because the Transformers are fucking cool. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, it needs it just needs to have a human element regardless. Um, yeah. I, I What I really like about the human element, if done correctly, is it kind of adds a level of... of uh, without the humans, I'll put it this way. This, this season is very bleak. And I don't yeah. just tone, I mean in visual styles. Like because uh -huh. is so destroyed and it's just rubble and gray sky and dark all the time. I'm like this isn't as fun as I feel like it should be. These characters are colorful. They're boisterous. They're loud. And this was like, hey kids, do you like when those robots turn into cars? Well, what if they didn't and they had a big war? Okay. I mean, they still turn into cars or what have you, but it's more sci-fi-esque. I did. But yeah, yeah. Fucking, I did. I saw Seekers change more in this show than I saw. And like, I, I think Office Prime changes changes a few times. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember Bumblebee changing once, unless I just did. I, unless I looked away at that moment. Oh, he did a couple of times, but. Or no, no, he didn't because oh, I don't remember him doing it. He didn't. The only ones that transformed, and that's interesting, is because this is based on the toy line. All the animation is lifted directly from the CAD renders for the toys. Oh, that's cool. I know that Rooster Teeth is the production company that that Yes. Made. Yes. Um yeah, I, I, I don't. It's not. The, it's not a bad show. It's just. It's not a great show either. No, it. But I don't dislike it. But it's it's like you said, this is the last days of the Great War. Now, I don't know how much this is going to lift from the original cartoon series or the original comics, but. In the lore of the Transformers, and it's been retold and revamped a few times over. And the best, if you ever want to read great Transformers fiction, because there is such a thing, the IDW stuff from like 2010 to 2018, fucking phenomenal storytelling. Um, but yeah, um, it's very bleak. It's the last days of a war that had been going on in a lot of lore for about four million years because these the transformers are an extremely long-lived race of sentient robots um but what's great is you know they have human characteristics human traits and of course they have these because they were invented by humans and we write what we know and we make things relatable to ourselves so we can enjoy the stories more i mean that's just how storytelling works but we got some different characterizations of what we're used to. Like Bumblebee, 
completely different characterization than he's ever been characterized before at any Transformers medium. Yeah. Uh, and a I'm lot of people enjoyed that fresh take. Yeah, I was okay with it. I, I, I thought it was fine. I, di- I, w- I didn't, um, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. Um, it it kind of was like this idea of like, let's look at his journey into becoming this legendary hero that we know he is uh, versus but, just like him out the gate being that. So, and, and that's the thing. Bumblebee was not always a legendary hero. I figured like, back at, back in the day, back in the eighties, he was just, you know, he was a sidekick character and he was there. He was the one who interacted the most in the cartoon with the human element, uh, Spock, uh, you know, Spock and Bumblebee, they were a pair. And then later on, Spock's son in the future hung out with RC. But all the characters in this in this season that showed up are toys that are available right now uh, since last year, except for Bumblebee. And that's why you didn't see a transformation, because they didn't make a Cybertronian Bumblebee. They've announced one that's coming out for Earthrise, and he is in his classic Volkswagen bug form. But uh, that's why you only saw transformations of certain characters. But they all look just like their toys, uh, which, as a kid, I didn't have that. Like, if you go and ever looked at the original Transformers series, the and then look at the original Transformers toys, there is a huge difference in the actual visuals of what you got in the store versus what you got on the screen. Right. So some characters, you know, looked similar. Some were completely different. Like uh, in your spare time, Greg, I'll show you a link. Uh, one of the characters, Ironhide, who was very popular in the old G1 series. His on-screen character, him and Ratchet both, looked nothing like their toys because, of course, they were toys that came from another line. Anyway, getting moving on, talking about the show itself. The show said in the last stages, the last vestiges of this great war, and you've, it focuses on the two factions, the Autobots and the Decepticons. And most people want peace. And there have been tried to, their peace talks have been brought up, but Optimus Prime and Megatron leader of the Autobots and Decepticons respectively cannot come to an agreement. They cannot come to terms on a peace accord. And it's wearing on everybody. The planet's decimated for resources. People are low on energy. Uh, loyalties are being tested. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good, dark war story in that regard. Yeah. Again, but I think that's where a bit of my problem lies is that it becomes a bit too heavy-handed in that. Same idea. Uh I guess what I mean by that is there are a lot of moments in this show that are a bit it's going to sound really stupid and I and I and I apologize to anybody who loves certain aspects of of 
Transformers. I don't mind dark elements in Transformers. I don't mind characters dying. I don't mind that kind of stuff. What I mind is that Transformers are meant to be fun. They're, they are robots that turn into cars. That's fun. There wasn't a whole lot of that in the show. There really was just not a whole lot of fun. It was dark, doom, and gloom the entire time. It was... Um, it just wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't fun. And, it, you know, you see some... You see character deaths, and you see some major character deaths. Uh, I'm not going to spoil any of those at all. No, I, I, like, did you ever play a game series that was the War for Cybertron game series? Yeah, I actually have a couple of them. That is way more entertaining to me than this show. Um, there was the one in 2010 for uh, Xbox 360 and PS3. There was uh, the War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron. Yeah, and then uh, there was the last one, The Rise of the Dark Spark. Yeah, which wasn't as oh, no, well accepted the as the other two. It's also based off the movies. Yeah. Yeah, but the War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron games, uh, people love those. I, I, I have the first one, but I don't have the second one, but I haven't played them in ages, but they were really fucking fun. Yeah, they... Uh... They just looked better. I think that's my big thing right now that I keep going, that I keep gravitating back to is that even in those two games, like everything looked bright and it was cool. And there mm-hmm. were quips between the characters and they had witty dialogue between each other. And this show is just like. This show has none of that. There's no brightness. It's all dark. It's dirty. And it really gives you that war torn feeling. But. That's one thing I am critical of. The voice acting in this was fucking horrible. I wouldn't go as horrible. I wouldn't say horrible, uh, but it was not. It was not great by any stretch of the imagination. I've well, heard, my point. I've, I've heard, heard I've heard worse, but I've also heard miles better and many more things than I've heard worse. Let's put it that way. It wasn't as distracting for me as it clearly was for you. I'll say that much. It, it it was it was it was bad in that regard, and I thought the animation wasn't good. No, I was gonna I was gonna say that too. Like like it seemed- and not not the actual animation itself, but how it's animated. You know, yeah, like the, uh, the robot the robot designs. Yes, when they move character movements, it's like these CAD renders are scanned in to whatever animation program they're using. And instead of moving the entire pieces of these things and the range of motion that they would have, it seems like they're manipulated with a stylus pen and only certain things move. And it gives a very unnatural warped movement to the faces and the torsos of the characters. And it's jarring and it pulls me out immediately. Uh, the thing that pulled me, uh, pull, quote unquote, pulled me out. I don't want to use that term because it always bothers me a little bit. I'll, that's a whole different conversation. But um, uh, like my dad literally used the term immersion the other day watching a show, and I'm like, I don't, I um, like you're a human man watching a TV. What immersion are you talking about? Anyway, dude, I like to immerse myself into the worlds. I like boom. I'm not in my living room. I picture myself sitting there 
wherever what I'm watching is going on. I'm just off camera. I'm on the That's hillside. Extremely. I simple. immerse myself into it. No, fuck you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll never be able to do that. I, I've never... it, it allows me to suspend my disbelief. It's like I'm not watching this in my living room on a TV. I'm watching it there. I'm there. I'm just off camera. Nope. I'm a human man watching a story on my couch in comfort and warmth. Anyway, the point I'm getting at is I noticed that the animation for the mouths and the eyes and stuff like that reminded me of Reboot. Yes, yes. And that's what sucks, man, is I wanted the animation to be far better on this because computer animation, the very first completely computer animated show, was it not, was it Reboot? It might have been was Reboot, it, it was, or it was, was it second of, of Beast Wars. Beast Wars was also completely entirely animated, and I can't remember which came first, but they were both done by Mainframe Entertainment, which was in Canada. And here's the thing. That computer animation from those series is better than this. <laughs> I, don't uh, know, I wouldn't go that far. I would not go Well, that the, far. Char the character models. Not I'm, I'm not talking about the background renders. I'm talking about the character models themselves, because at least for the Transformers. Uh because back then, I don't know, man. Uh, you just have to see clips in comparison to see what I'm talking about. The backgrounds themselves were nowhere near as rich or good as the backgrounds in these. Because these were great backgrounds and set pieces. It's the character movements themselves I'm critical of. So as a slight side note, uh, Reboot was our, was number two. Um, and Beast okay, Wars so Beast Wars was first. No. No? You'll never guess what was first, and don't look it up. Oh, so, shit. Keep in mind, uh, Reboot came out in... Uh, 95. 94. 94? Yeah, it was made in 94. Okay. But there was one that came out before it in also 94. <gasps> oh. Yeah, because Beast Wars was 96. Um, Go ahead and spoil it for me. VeggieTales. Oh, wow. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah, neither would I. Yeah, Beast Wars was 96, yeah. But, you know, if you're a Transformers fan, there's something here for you to enjoy. There are, there are some story elements in this that are just ho-hum. They're just there. And then there are some storyline elements that are very, very good. And those elements are lifted directly or inspired by from the IDW comic lines, uh, which is, for me, those were my favorite bits. Uh, you have a couple of big surprises of certain characters, and I don't want to spoil it. But it's fun in some regards, and it's not fun in others. If you want a depressing war story, this is going to be right up your alley. Legit, the best thing it has going for it is that it, it's really short. Yeah, it's two hours long. Um, all six episodes combined, you can watch in two hours. Yeah. Uh, it came out on Thursday, July 30th. I watched it that morning in between the hours of 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Watched a couple episodes, take a few-minute break, watch a couple more episodes, few-minute break, then finished it up. Um Watch you know, after work, <laughs> easy to digest. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
It's like I said, if you're a fan of Transformers, it's worth checking out if you haven't already. It's What's not that? terrible, but it's not great. Yeah, I was gonna say, what grade would you give it? C minus. Wow. Uh, I say wow because we're on the same ballpark there. Like it's an okay fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just slightly below average, but it's not horrible. I don't dislike it. I like it. There are things I like better and in, in it, elements that I like more than others, and elements I like less than others, but I don't hate it. There is potential here for a very good story. Now, the next part of the story is going to be Earthrise. <clears throat> so, I'm sure we'll see humans introduced in the next show because that was what was popular about the original show, uh, Transformers. You know, they went from Cybertron. They fled Cybertron in search of resources that came to Earth. And it was the humans that had to teach them about Earth. Uh, and that's what people loved. As, as Kids enjoy seeing a human there's usually always a human that interacts in a transformer series um as long as it's not overdone oh, what, the fuck? what hold up so season arc three is basically beast wars <laughs> that's been the rumor um i Aqu didn't want yeah, to I, confirm I, I, or deny because it's on uh, uh wikipedia that's why i'm saying that but it's also wikipedia so you know grain of salt it, it, it's not been confirmed yet, but that has been heavily rumored that the third season is going to revolve around the Beast Wars. That's that's actually a really fucking cool concept that the first the first season is... Like, if you, if you were to tell me that years ago, like, hey, they're making a trilogy of shows that are basically each season's the length of a movie, and season one is the the end of Cybertron season two is them coming to earth. And then season three is the time travel bit where they it's, it's beast wars. I'd be like, that's a really fucking cool idea. And then we watch season one. We're like, well, could have been done a lot better. <laughs> well, see, it starts out. Okay. I'm hoping that season two is strong and season three, even stronger. Yeah. I would I would rather have something, have a slow start and a strong finish than a strong start and a weak finish. True. Uh, True. Time will tell, but it's uh, as I said, it's not terrible by any means. It's worth a watch. It's two hours of your time, and depending on what you're looking for, it can be either really fun or it can just be a compelling story. Or, you know, just let us know after you watch it if you haven't already what you think, and if you have watched it, let us know what you think. Uh, especially if it completely disagrees with my own opinion, I'm interested in what you guys think about it. Yeah, you know, we talked about it a little bit on MPSP Theater this past week, uh, but we only talked about the first episode. I would um, say that this show to me is like a, like a good salad. Like it's a good salad. It's fine. You you left the theater or you left theater. You left the the meal satisfied, but it was a salad at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what kind of salad? That depends. Up to you. Was it just a little bit of a Caesar salad? You know, not much to it, or was it like a Cobb salad with all kinds of shit chopped in? To me, I think this is more of like a Cobb salad. There's a lot of different elements uh, at play because you do have subplots and multiple things, and you have some characters that just pop up in episodes five and six that weren't even mentioned or brought into, you know, referenced or anything, just all of a sudden there. Um, so 
character development for a vast majority of characters is not there. You really only get any kind of character development with a handful, but you have a broad cast of characters. Yeah, you're you're very much more likely to get a vague, basic idea of the character on like a very small interaction um, than you are like full on character development with any character. Yeah, like it's a lot of like. Well, they don't like each other because of something that happened in the past. So I gathered that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the most development you get from any character at all is Bumblebee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, you get a little bit from Prime. You get a little bit from Megatron. You get a little bit from Wheeljack. You get a little from Ratchet. You get a lot from Impactor. Uh, The Impactor story. His story arc was my favorite out of everything. Um, if, if you're struggling to remember who Impactor was, he was the yellow and purple Decepticon that had the harpoon oh. hand. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Very loyal to the Decepticon cause, and Ratchet repairs him, and he goes to help Ratchet and, you know, fixing the space bridge and everything. I don't want to spoil a lot of elements, but yeah, Impactor's story was my favorite out of everything in this. Right. All you had to do is say the purple and green one, and I'm like, oh. Um, well, yeah, guys. Uh, Josh and I both give that a, a C minus. Um, if you're a fan of Transformers, definitely check it out. If you're not a fan of Transformers, I would argue that this is not a good place to start. But if you've only watched the movies, check this one out. I mean, that's yeah. This is best. And if you're a casual fan, you're looking for something easy to digest, watch it. That's exactly what it was for me. Like, I'm very much a casual fan. Like, I don't collect... I don't, I don't remember half of the Transformers toys. I'm just like, robots that transform into car are cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. How many would you think I have? <laughs> oh, my God. I've, got, I've got quite that, a few. Based on pictures that I've seen, I would, gla- I would, I would wager a guess you have over... 60 high or low around low low now just for the masterpiece let's see that's 18 there's just 42 on that case alone no, 44. There's 10 more, 54. Welcome to uh, All Queued Up, folks, where Josh counts as Transformers toys. 64, 68, 69, 74, 77, and then 1, 2, 3. 89 just in Masterpiece. You had fucking and okay. Well, uh, it's oh, safe to say that no, I'll take that. I'll take that back. Ninety, ninety in masterpiece form, and that's not the mainline stuff that I have, which is not as many. But I also have legend scale, which are smaller versions of them that are around four inches tall, that are fully transforming. So yeah, I enjoy transformers. I I got. They're very clearly raised in the eighties. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 
I also have a very big pet peeve with people that are like, I was born in 96. That means I'm a 90s kid. And I'm like, no, it means you're a 2000s kid. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I was born in 76. So I, I don't call myself a 70s kid because I very remember very, very little about the 70s. Yeah. Like, I remember a lot about the 80s. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm an 80s I, kid. I'm a '90s kid because I was born in '83. Like, sure, I got a little bit of the tail. You later. got a little bit. You got you're late '80s, but entirely '90s kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it just drives me nuts. People do that. Like, I'm, I'm born in '99. I'm a '90s kid. No, you're as you're as much of a '90s kid as saying that fucking uh, SpongeBob is a '90s cartoon. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let me guess. It debuted in '99. Uh huh. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Transformers, it was fun. Yeah, it was good. Now, Umbrella Academy, season two. Wow. All right. So, uh, the next topic of discussion is Umbrella Academy season two. Yeah. Uh, in a past episode, we talked about season one, obviously, and we both loved it. Um, but it ended on a major cliffhanger. So we were yeah. looking forward to season two. And I know a lot of people were looking forward to season two. Um, needless to say, it did not fail. No, no. And I have to, I have to say, I actually enjoyed this season better than the first season. Yeah. Oh. I, I think I agree with you, but only on the idea that it was. It was less uh, uh, depressing this time. It was a lot more fun than season one. Yeah, it absolutely was fun. You know, season one was the setup and learning about everybody. Uh, and, of course, you know, a lot of depressing themes and elements in it. This season, it's just like, okay, you know everybody now. Let's see what happened at the end of season one. And you just put right in the mix. Um, it, it, man. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the fact that it seemed like some characters got a little bit more of the spotlight this season than they did the last. Yeah. Like, and of like course, rumor? as a reason, I'm sorry, like rumor. She got more. Screen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like rumor. Uh, oh, you mean Allison? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was characters. That's how I'm going to do it. Do what? You want me to remember characters? That's how I'm going to do it. Well, however, you got to do it. How do you remember Luther then? Gorilla guy. Some oh, gorilla guy. Okay. I actually think his code name in the comics was Space Boy. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah. So I really enjoyed uh, a lot of the individual stories because at the end of season one, the siblings were trying to stop the apocalypse that destroyed the world. Come to find out what triggers it is their one sister, Vanya. Um, and the reason why it was triggered is she never learned to control her powers. And she's lashing out in anger because of the way she was treated over her childhood. Things of she's off her meds. Things came to light. She ended up, you know, destroying the moon with her powers and a giant chunk of the moon crashed into the earth, killing just about everyone. That was essentially what they had to stop. Uh, at 
at the end of this, uh, at the end of season one, they stopped Vanya, but they had to go into a portal to time travel to escape the apocalypse. Um, after, uh, they're deposited across various times in the same location, but just across a different period of three different years. Yeah. Like, I think Luther's dropped in 1961. Uh, a couple are dropped in 1962. A couple are dropped in 1963. And what's funny is they're if they're dropped off in the same year, it's at different times on the same day, so they don't run into each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, Vanya was dropped off in daytime. Diego was dropped off at nighttime. Allison was dropped off at nighttime. Luther was dropped off at nighttime, but in a different year and in the rain, uh, it was wild. So they're all in the same city. They're in Dallas in the sixties and the apocalypse. The reason they learn about this new apocalypse that they accidentally created by stopping the old one is because, um, the it stemmed from something that happened to deal with the John F. Kennedy assassination. Yeah. So when five shows up, who is the one that has the time travel ability when he shows up, he is uh, witnessing the actual apocalypse. He sees his other siblings all fighting alongside the U S military against Russian soldiers. And he sees a headline that Russian soldiers had invaded the United States and all of a sudden the nukes start going off. They drop and go off and he sees everybody killed right in front of him as he is able to time travel away from there. Uh, and he ends up having to, he's saved by Hazel, which I'm very sad that that's the only part of Hazel that we got in the entire season because yeah. I loved Hazel. Yeah, it sucks a little bit. But yeah, this season's wild because we see a lot of uh a lot more stuff with the the institute uh and the handler and oh man, this this season was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, a lot of different storylines going on at the same time, but not in a difficult to follow way. No, they do a really good job of letting you know what year you're looking at at the exact same time. Like it's all in the sixties. Like my dad, he, I was, I was telling him about it and he was like, one of his biggest pet peeves and shows is like, he'll be watching something that takes place in 1992, but they're driving a fucking, you know, uh, a 1998 car. And, uh, because all they did in, in terms of research was to make sure that it was in the right decade. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, does this show do that? And I was like, it's over the span of three years. I don't think it matters. Like, yeah, it spans actually 60 through 63. Um, and most of the cars you see in this thing are late fifties, very early sixties models, but it definitely looks and feels like I would imagine that the sixties looked and felt if you were really there. Yeah. There's a lot more to play with and discover throughout the show. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the way they told the story was <clears throat> with the, uh, is it called the commission? The commission. Yes. I yeah, don't know why I said the institution, the commission. 
um, everything with them is fascinating, and yes. they're not gone. They're not gone. Like they're gonna, they still could possibly be a big part of the show. So their their whole aspect. I love how the show also doesn't shy away from the silliest shit ever. Like yeah, like the leader of the commission is a goldfish. Yeah, a talking goldfish in a bowl, and his bowl is encased and mounted onto a robotic body and it's a smoking goldfish on top of that. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, I just I loved how they were just like, "Ah, eh, fuck it." Like the show's embrace the there. absurdity. Yeah. Um but there's there's just there's just so much to fuck around with and uh I love that season I love that this season ends on as much of a what the fuck cliffhanger season 1 did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, like I'm, I'm so excited. we're not going we're not going to spoil that at all. No, no, no. One no. of the things one of the things I do want to spoil and talk about is I love the fact that Allison is involved in the civil rights movement of the area. Yeah. Now I think it was very tame uh, what they did to talk about and display and portray the civil rights uh, movement of the area. Um, but the fact that it was touched upon and not really hammered into your face, uh, saying, look at this, this is what happened. You know, it's not screaming it. It's showing it and it's showing aspects of, I'm sure of, you know, in many areas, that's how it was dealt with. But dude, it's like, when she walks into that cafe and she's needing help and, you know, she's still injured from season one when she first appears and you see this counter whites only and they all point to the sign and everybody's just scowling at her until she leaves. She's like, fuck, man, that's just a shitty way to have to fucking navigate through society. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that a, a good chunk of this show is not shying away from social issues and making a part of the plot. Yeah. And, and doing it well uh, and making it such a part of a plot that it doesn't feel forced. It just feels like a natural progression of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I really dug that. I, uh, it, it, what I, what I think is fascinating to me is that, um, it's not a show that you ha you you can just start a season two either. No, you have to have season one under your belt before you can get season two, or you're not going to understand anything that's going on. Literally anything. Like it is a cohesive plot. Um, but I enjoy that about this show just because it made me feel like it was a reward in a way. I mean, the show itself is a reward, but I always like it when it's like, hey, if you paid attention in season one, we're going to we're going to bring it back in season two. So good job if you paid attention. Um, I love that stuff. Like I, I and what I mean by that, for anyone that's curious, I'm not a big fan of when shows do this thing where uh, they make it for people who didn't watch the first season, like they reference certain things, but it's not a major component. This is a full-on continuation this isn't a like a yeah if you didn't watch season one no biggie 
you'll catch up. No, no. <laughs> this is like yeah. watching season two of, of Mr. Robot. Like everything matters in season one. Everything. Now, you know, recently we talked about adaptations that are better than the source material. This is, to me, an adaptation that is superior to the source material. This is based off of a series of graphic novels written by Gerard Way, who's best known as the lead singer of the uh, band My Chemical Romance. But he wrote these Umbrella Academy books, and I think there are three trade paperbacks, essentially. I've read the first one, and that's what season one was based off of. And season one was vastly superior than the first trade paperback. Now, I've not read the new trade. I was actually going to do that today, uh, but Greg wanted to record a day early, so... Yeah. It's his fault for me not having a more direct comparison. I blame him, but it's okay. I forgive him for it, though, because I'm not angry. It's not like I was excited to read that story. No. But well, based on... The first book, so that's fine. Ba I'm basing it on how I felt about the first book. Um, the first book didn't make me want to read the second book. And the, how drastically different, but yet still in tune with what the series is. I like the changes that they made for the show better than what I read in the comic. So I can't imagine that I would enjoy the, the story arc of this over what we were given. I could be wrong. I'll go back and read it anyway. And if I am wrong, I'll let you guys know next week. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the thing that sucked about the, the comic was that it was just, it felt very haphazardly smashed together. Oh, Absolutely. I think that was the biggest issue with it for me, but um, yeah, I, I, I uh, the fucking acting of every character in this show is fucking stellar. Uh, even the side characters that won't matter in season three didn't matter in season one. Like they didn't exist in season one. Uh, yeah, but the they were compelling characters. Oh yeah, well that's that's what yeah that's I'm that's what I'm saying is like these characters are throwaway characters. They're intended to just be for the season. And mm -hmm. even they, I was, I was invested in their life because it's yeah. so structured and active. Yeah. Especially, you know, Sissy and her son, Hayden, uh, right. her piece of shit husband, Carl, uh, you know, and how they all uh, fit in, in relation to Vanya. Uh, you know, and Luther actually being uh, employed and friend of Jack Ruby. Right. Uh, which was awesome. You know, I loved how Diego was in the nut house and the the girl uh, Lila that he met in there becoming integral to the story in the ways that she did. You know, the stuff with the handler and five and then five trying to figure out everything and figure out how to save the world entirely and save his family at the same time. Uh, you know, the stuff with Allison and the civil rights movement and her husband that she had married and, you know, how she fit into everything, how it's all woven together. And then Klaus had become a cult leader. That was hilarious. Just a riot because it's like, yeah, in the sixties, what do you picture each one of them doing? Well, obviously he's going to be the cult leader of the group. 
but he his character is so endearing. I love his character, and he, even he had like some serious heavy arcs in that. Uh, it's just how it's all woven together is very well done. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, again. I, I I can't stress this enough. If you have not watched this show yet, you have 20 episodes to get through, and they are a blast. Genuinely. The musical selections, especially oh. for season two, are phenomenal. How did I forget? There are, I don't know, but there are a, a trio of brothers that are employed by the commission that are trying to take out the uh, Hargreaves family, which is, you know, the Umbrella Academy is what they were referred to when they were a team, but they're all the Hargreaves children. The, the These Swedish brothers, they're just referred to as the Swedes. Um, there's a major thing that happens with them. And at the end of this one episode, this all these things are happening with each of the characters, and they're all major things happening. You hear a Swedish cover of Hello from Adele, and it is just beautiful. Yeah, it's really, it, my, my and favorite. it just fit the whole tone of the show right there. Yeah. I think one of my favorite covers of the entire show was uh, um, CeeLo's uh, Crazy, but it was mm-hmm. done as like a slower love song. Yeah. Slower, um, uh, like one one guitar, like it was just a person with a guitar and singing it. Um, that was... I can love that one there was a ska version of of um bad guy by billy eilish which i really liked hmm. like it made her version better it was the scene where five and uh lily i think her name was Lara, are, are fighting in like that weird warehouse yeah yeah and he's like how is she moving so fast and of course you find out later we're not going to spoil it but it was pretty interesting um yeah, she uh, like that that ska version. I was like, I I didn't think you could make a ska version of that. But the part like my the part that stuck out in my head was in the original song where it's like it was done with a with with uh, brass instruments, like trumpet and that kind of stuff, which I was like, oh, that works. It works really well. <laughs> so I just yeah, it's fucking super well done show in that regard and music and everything about it is just is just really good um well do you want to give it a grade and i'm gonna i'm gonna give this season and i think i gave season one an a plus uh but i enjoyed this season more i don't have any complaints about season two so i have to by default give it an a plus i mean it was just fucking glorious it's nice to see something just so well done on so many levels um fucking i can't recommend it enough it's great i I feel the exact same way i i started watching uh season i started watching the the season on sunday night and uh blasted through it in you know very little amount of time and i didn't feel like i was sitting through like i'll put it this way transformers follow cybertron siege felt longer yeah so if that yeah, and that was two hours worth versus ten hours worth. Yeah. Uh, well, this is ten episodes. They're about forty-eight minutes in length on the average. Uh, last season was ten episodes, but they were about fifty-eight minutes in length on the average. Uh, yeah. So the episode time was shortened by about ten minutes on average on this. 
but it didn't suffer from it. That's the great thing about Netflix because you know you can do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Tell the story in the time you need to tell it, and not be constrained to telling a certain story of length. Yeah, but yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, watch season one if you haven't recently. If you've seen it and aren't sure if you don't remember much about season one and you want to watch season two, cause it did come out over a year and a half ago. Um, you know, if you just want to catch up, there's a recap, but if you want to watch the whole thing, you can do so. That's your choice. Um, but it's not required just as, you know, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And of course it is the type of show that is fun to revisit from time to time. Yeah, if I if I had the time to revisit season one, I would definitely watch it because I wanted to, but I just just don't have the time nowadays. Yeah, um, I didn't have the time either. When it came out on Friday, I was just like, I watched the recap, and then I watched three episodes Friday, three four episodes Saturday, and then the last three episodes on Sunday. Um, yeah. So you know, digested over the over the weekend. Yeah. It's fun though. I definitely, again, highly, highly recommend it. A plus for me as well. So that's weird that awesome. we agreed on we get it on both shows at the same rating. <laughs> the same rating on both shows. The only time we've done that is when we gave F's to both Kiss Me First and Mute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oof, those two shows. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're changing the format slightly. We're still gonna do reviews, but it's gonna be based on more like there's something that we want to watch that's coming out, something that piques our interest, versus trying to find two things every two weeks. If there yeah. happens to be a, um, an episode where we review two things, it was just just because they landed at the same time, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, no direct, exact formula in regards to how it was before uh we will still upload a new episode every friday as much as we can um as long as life doesn't throw us any major curveballs like a foot getting removed um yeah 15 inches of leg including a foot i mean you know that's a significant curveball yeah <laughs> um, that's a, that's a, that's that's what they call in the industry a bean is that, that bean? Was beyond a, that was beyond a bean uh, I can't think of anything worse at the plate other than a bean. Maybe I guess if you hit the ball so hard that the bat splintered and stabbed you through the chest might be worse. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that happen, though. Right. I'm, yeah, wrecking my brain. Um, But, yeah, guys, again, thank you so much for well, listening to the podcast. We aren't leaving yet. We're just doing it. Thanking them for listening. <laughs> Oh, I thought we'll see you always say thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. That's immediately what my brain jumped to. Sorry. No, I was just thanking everybody for sticking around with the podcast and listening for extended episodes. Uh, we, we know that the, uh, again, the, the, the just discussion based episodes are gaining a lot more traction. So there's that. We, um, we're very excited for the future. Like again, Josh, as Josh said, we have a lot of stuff in the works to kind of, change the look of the show a bit and you know we are going to bring back certain recurring segments such as crazy news headlines but we got something in the pipeline um that will from time to time be a segment as well and it, 
I think it's great. Um, I've done a little bit of, uh, as a hobby, scam baiting. Uh, <laughs> On, on, on the internet, and it's happened through Instagram. Oddly enough, I've had scammers hit me up in return to get Steam cards. And this is a thing. There's a YouTuber out there named Kit Boga who deals primarily, uh, he streams it on Twitch and then uploads it to his YouTube channel, uh, how he scam baits. And he gets in contact with these scammers, and they're usually based in India. But they always want, what it comes down to is they want to scam you out of money and they want you to put it on a Steam card. I've dealt with two of these. One was right before Christmas. Um, one involved a, a person uh, pretending to be offering me an investment opportunity with gold. Uh, yeah, you can invest in gold and get a quick turnaround and double your money in just 10 days. And Well, how do I do that? Well, let me tell you how. And I play dumb. I play a dumb American with them and just what they probably perceive as the typical dumb American that they're going after. The second one that happened over this weekend, they messaged me Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, this is a scammer. I didn't see it until Sunday evening, so I responded like 9.30 that evening. Well, almost 2.30 a.m. they hit me back. So I actually kept them busy because I couldn't sleep because I don't sleep well most nights. I kept them busy for three hours, uh, Sunday morning, Monday morning, until almost 5 in the morning. And then they messaged me at 10 or 10.30 that morning, and I kept them busy for another hour. And the excuses and the story that I fed them, and then later that evening came back. I mean, it, it, it took over 15 and a half hours from start to finish before I finally busted them and let them know. Just the journey there is hilarious. Nothing, nothing wrong with a little self-deprecation, de uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's funny as hell. Greg, I screenshotted everything for him, and Greg's read both stories to his parents, and, you know, they have both just cracked up, died laughing at the shit. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a few <clears> moments <throat> in the newest one that are exceptionally funny. Uh, but what I want to do, and what I was telling Josh about, was I want to do, like, scam bait theater, where because it's all text, we basically record a session where I play the scammer in the best way that I can. Josh plays himself. Uh, yeah. But me playing myself as a dumb American. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We want to get those recorded, and because the, the the problem is, is that I have to read it a bunch in order to, and I have to write it out in a script format because a lot of the times there's sections that like where Josh hasn't responded in a little while, and they go, "Are you still there?" and vice versa. Um, I want to like take those out because they don't really flow in a cohesive conversation type format. So. Yeah, the, that that one, especially that one bit in between 10 a.m. and like 3.30 p.m., they just kept messaging every half hour. Are you still there? Where are you? Uh, the, the second one was pretending to be an entrepreneur, a young woman uh, who 
dealt, bought and sold antique collectibles and traveled around the world, but yet they were searching for love. So, of course, <laughs> it's like, I miss you. Where are you? I need to hear from you. Yes, we're going to expose these, and hopefully I'll have another one soon. But they'll, those might be just bonus episodes we might put out on a regular basis. Scambate yeah. Theater, presented yeah. by All Queued Up. Yeah, exactly. It's and 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 in the future, if if you guys like that content, and there's somebody out there that wants to play the scammer, uh, let us know, and we'll we'll get you in and try to get you recorded. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for that. It's a it's it's really fucking funny. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, I think that's I think that's gonna do it for us today. Honestly, I I don't think of anything else that we can throw your way. I mean, we got the links and whatnot that Josh will say in a second. We don't have any yeah. Hey, all the links are going to be down below. Follow them. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Uh, yeah. I know that we're not again. We're not reviewing anything for next week, but I do have uh, topics on my phone that I can bring up. Uh, we might have a guest. Who knows? We'll see. We'll Hopefully, in two weeks we will be doing a review though of a Netflix original, Ju On J U hyphen O N. It's a Japanese series. Uh, and it seems to be um, an ongoing series, basically, of the American movies were called The Grudge and The Grudge 2, and they were based on a, a series of novels in Japan called Ju-On. Uh, there's a Netflix original series, and we're going to watch that in two weeks. Um, I was wanting to watch it anyway, and Greg's like, well, let's just do one show, but let's try to get back to reviewing now that our lives have settled down. And I was like, well, let's watch this. And he's on board. So that's what the review will be in two weeks. So if you want to avoid spoilers or are interested and want to hear what we think about it, that's what it will be on the first half of the show. And then the last half of the show will be a discussion topic. That's going to be the new format on review episodes, I think. But, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. It's going to be gonna be fun well juan's not gonna be fun that's gonna be scary but you get my point um i hope you poop your pants nah i'll be fine uh jump scare might get me but i like horror i grew up on horror i don't know if i ever told you that i like horrors. i didn't say i used to like horrors. i used to grow up on horrors. (laughs) according to that uh uh according to mary you're a man whore with <laughs> I was at one point. All right. Well, let me move on. You weren't blowing dudes for money. I'll just. <laughs> that was fucking funny. Oh my god. Um. What was I gonna say? There's some of those. Uh, gonna... On that note, let's get out of here. Is what yeah. you were gonna say? Get the hell out of here, uh, guys. If if you feel so inclined, um, again, I say this every episode. Follow my Twitch channel. Chubruck, it's twitch.tv slash chubruckgeek. We want to do a Jackbox stream. They have a new one coming out in a few months. Uh, all five games have been announced, and I know that we're going to want to play quite a bit of that. Um, I, I uh, What I'd like to do on Saturdays is like work early in the morning and then come home late in the day and, and have the rest of the night off so that we can do the, those uh, Jackbox streams. But um, we also have to schedule it, so that's the thing. But honestly, we'll we'll let you guys know on Twitter. We'll let you guys know in the Discord, on uh, Facebook. We'll we'll try to put it out there as much as we can to let you guys know when we're going to be doing that. And and I assure you, it's a fun time. It costs you nothing but an internet connection. 
and a and a cell phone, I assume, or like Josh uses his his computer. So, yeah, yeah, but you can play along on your TV, tablet, mobile device, anything as long as you have internet access. It's cool. Yeah, um, like there's been times that Misty's watched the stream on the TV in the living room and played along on her phone. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've done that myself. Um, have it on my Xbox and play on my phone. Uh, but that thing, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, June one in two weeks. Uh, next week, we're gonna shoot the Who show. Who knows? Uninhibited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know because I have the topics written down already, but you don't know. That's the point. No, I don't know. I like I like it when Greg springs these things on me, and I have no prior knowledge because then I have a more genuine reaction. I like to be able to think on my foot. Um, <laughs> that took me a second. You said that, and my brain went, "It's it's think on my feet." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Like, that's not the phrase. Oh, you fucking. Right. You right, son guys. of a bitch. <laughs> We're going to get right. out of here. I haven't eaten anything today, so I need to eat. I haven't either, and I'm starving, and it's 2.11 p.m. Wow. It's only and somebody is somebody is cooking something, and it's driving me fucking insane. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Guys, thank you so All much. Right. For- we love you. Um, I'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.